This is Ashley Hodge. I'm coming to you after Baylor's 65-59 to 59 win. I think I got the final score right. I'm joined by Chris Fuentes, uh, my partner in crime at Baylor Basketball Home Games. Uh, Chris, you were there. I was there also. We didn't sit together for this one, but uh, I'm interested to hear your perspectives. You know, definitely a win is better than a loss any day of the week, no matter how you look in a loss. Uh, we'll take an ugly win over over a great loss. But, uh, you know, certainly some things Baylor did well, uh, some other things that uh, need a lot of work, so to, so to speak, and, and a couple more non-conference games before Big 12 gets uh, up and running. So uh, what did you see and, and what did you like and what are you concerned about? Well, thanks for having me on. Um, always enjoyed doing these. Um, concerns, I think we looked a little bit, um sluggish to come out now that could be because of the the long break that we had between games um just coming back and getting that game mindset um and then i felt that uh some of our big scorers obviously uh lj and adam weren't looking for their shot as much as i would like them to i, I want them shooting the ball because they're such incredible shooters i want them shooting 10 to 12 times a game Right. Um, you know, and Adam didn't put up, you know, shots until I feel like the last, you know, couple of minutes. And, you know, even with that, he was still five of seven from the floor and scored 12 points. And so um, I think that was that was a game that he could have scored 20 to 25 if he's looking for his shot more. Right. Um, but I will say um, I like the way we shot free throws last night. Um, even flow was two for two. Um you know, anytime you can shoot 80% plus as a team is, is a big deal because um, that's been an area of struggle. Um, I also like that we won the turnover battle, um, especially after a long layoff. You know, some sometimes you come in sluggish taking care of the ball. Right. Um, we did turn it over 13 times, but, you know, we turned it over less than they did. Um, so I will take that. And then uh, – I, I don't like the way we rebounded. Um, we were out-rebounded last night um, to a team. I mean, they were tall, but I, th- I felt like we had more size. Like, a lot of their height was – I felt like they were kind of, like, real thin and lanky. Um, so, I think the rebounding has to get a little better over the over the next couple games before we hit Big 12 play. Yeah, no, I agree with all of what you said. I, I think that um, it's encouraging to me – that you know Washington State is is a capable team. They they're four and six. You know, so you look at the record and you're like, okay, they're not that good. Uh, right. They've they've got losses away from home. Uh, they did have a, a tough you know home loss to Utah, who's top fifty team. But um, you know, I think their record um, doesn't indicate what their potential is. I, I know they were expected to finish in the top half of the Pac-12 preseason. Uh, they've been missing Jay Mullins, and and he had a really good game against Baylor. Uh, he's been out for the last few games, and you know we were talking before we started the podcast that they went to Prairie View A and M uh, as part of this uh, Pac-12 SWAC uh, home and home series that that the the conference is doing, and a lot of these Pac-12 teams have been taking losses on the road at these SWAC teams. You know, I no disrespect to the SWAC, and the SWAC's much better this year than they have been in years past, but. You know, your players are not excited to go to those places and, and play those games. And, and so it's it's really difficult from a motivation standpoint. And, 
you know, if you don't come ready to play against any Division One, you know, program, you're going to get beat. As as right. we'll, we might talk a little bit about Northwestern State coming to town tomorrow, who t- you know went into TCU and beat TCU. Uh, so yep. you know, I think that that's always an issue that you got to be concerned about. Um, you know, I, I I will say that uh, I, I liked how we finished the game. You know, Adam showed us you know the similar grit and ability to take over a game late that he did yep. against uh, Gonzaga. You know, he did that against UCLA. I agree with you on LJ, but in LJ's defense, you know, he didn't play the last game with a hurt back, and then I heard he banged knees with a player, you know, shortly after coming back from, you know, and practicing from that one. So, you know, he's he's been banged up a little bit, and I think it showed, you know, he wasn't moving as quick as, as he normally does. Um, so hopefully the next two games will be good tune-ups for him. He can stay healthy and then we can get a better version of LJ as we hit conference play. And then, you know, Jalen Bridges, um, I was really happy he knocked down those two free throws at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, yes. But, but he, he's a mess, you know, from a three-point confidence standpoint right now. He, uh, someone put on the message boards that he's two for 25 in his last 27 three-pointers. He's a much better yeah. shooter than that. I mean, we, we, he's got to yeah. find a way to get his confidence back. I mean, he's got a good stroke and, and uh, it's just kind of puzzling that he's, you know, it, it just seems like it's in his head right now. Uh, but, you know, hopefully these next two games will also help build some confidence with him because we have to have that fourth. I think if you're going to play, you know, four out one in, you can't have, unless the guy's like a Mark Vidal, who's just going to do so many great things other than shoot threes. Uh, you need that other fourth guy that can knock down threes to space the floor yeah yeah i agree you know and you know a lot of people want to focus on Jalen shooting and of course you know like i looked and he's like 15 percent from three he's a much better shooter than that but but he's gonna he's gonna pump those numbers up yeah i don't know if we're gonna get back into the you know upper 30s i think it was like 37 percent coming from west virginia um he's gonna have it, to shoot it been, really really well the rest of the season yeah. he gets better defenses <laughs> to, to get yeah. there but but you know they're gonna leave him wide open also so he's gonna have plenty of opportunities right so you know i but i've got to give him credit he was the leading rebounder last night yep. he played 20 minutes he played half and so if you look stat wise you know he got the least amount of minutes from the starters and yet he was your leading rebounder. So right. there is some positives. I, I do like how active he is defensively. Doesn't turn it over. Um, he, he does a good yeah, job taking care of the ball. Yeah, no turnovers last night. So, you know, and you got to take the good with the bad. And Yeah, and, and there's two plays that stand out that, you know, I thought were winning plays. One was Flo missed a dunk, I think, got, got the ball back, missed a layup, and then Jalen tipped it in. Uh, that was a yep. big, you know, hustle play on the offensive glass. And then – at the end of the game, I don't know if you remember the corner three that Keontae shot. Uh, Jalen set him up perfectly, kind of with the Steve yep. Nash. I'm going to shield my your man from getting to you, you know, like little shovel pass over to the corner and and did a yep. you know perfect screen so that so that Keontae could get a clean look at the basket. Uh, that was big, yep. and you know Keontae played uh you know he wasn't the most efficient offensively um he you know took 11 threes only made three but he did some really good things from a you know passing standpoint a couple Mm -hmm. couple of his good passes uh didn't get finished with but but you know finished with fouls so it's almost like a a hidden assist you know to to that degree because the player goes to the free throw line has opportunity to make free throws 
Um, but, you know, I thought he did a really good job just, you know, getting in the lane, making tough shots when, when Baylor really needed him to make tough shots, uh, leading scorer with 19 points. You know, he's he's a guy that's going to, you know, sometimes you're going to go, oh, no, no, oh, good shot, good shot, you know, because he, cause he can make those difficult off-balance shots and sometimes, you know, the deep threes that you're like, oh, why do we settle for that? But, but you know, he makes a good share of them. So uh, he's, a, he's a pro in every – you know, just just his skill sets, you know, pretty unreal. So, uh, do you think that the upside of this team is really going to be determined by Keontae George and and Josh Ojewuna? You know, just how good, how much they improve because they they probably have the biggest ceilings at this point. You know, from from now until the end of the season. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, like like we said earlier, uh, Jalen, I think is going to be very important as well. Um, just cause like, if we can get that extra little bit of scoring punch for him, I'm not asking him to score 12 to 15 a game, but if you can get consistently eight or nine points and the defense that he's doing and, you know, even hit 33, like take three threes and hit one a game, like you got to make the defense honest and account for everybody. But right now, you know, people are kind of just leaving him open. Right. Um, but I think that. And I'm interested to get your thoughts because I think running key at the point, because he's such a strong slasher, he can get to the paint. And I would love to have Adam and LJ spotting up. Um, and I and I think that we want Adam running the point because we want to do a favor for him. He came back, you know, the scouts said we want to see you run the point. And so I'm not asking Key to do it all the time, but I would love to see him do that because I think some if you get LJ and Adam set shots. I think they're going to hit them at a higher clip. Um, and then, you know, overall as a team, we are not a 25% three point shooting team. We have some really good shooters on this team yet. We were six of 24 last night. So I don't think we're clicking, you know, obviously on all cylinders yet. And, you know, and I put on, um, I put on a thread earlier today, you know, we played nine guys last night. And five of them are new to the program or, you know, getting their first burn. Like, so Langston, Caleb, Josh, Keontae, and Jalen. So five of our nine guys, we're still building chemistry. This is not the best version of ourselves. So we're going to see a lot of improvement. And I think once the... We got, once we got the, some background noise with the lawn guy here. Oh, that, blowing. Yeah, so sorry about that. Um, yeah, once once we see, go ahead and finish your I thought think, there. I think a lot. I think we're going to improve a lot, especially, you know, just because of the mindset that I think our guys have, especially with Adam and Keontae. I feel I think I think those guys are both tough-minded competitors, um, and their game will will raise with the competition. And like Key is not scared of the moment. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, like he he had some massive rebounds last night. Like he yes. Was, yes. Like man, it was like he was floating. Yeah. No, he is doing so. a really good job on the glass since that Gonzaga game. Uh, yeah. R- really proud of his development there. That's because he is quick enough, athletic enough that he can make a big difference with his offensive and de- and defensive rebounding. Uh, so that that is encouraging to see. You yeah. know, and and I'll make this comment. Um, you know, Jalen Bridges said this in an interview that we did preseason. He said when he was at West Virginia, one of the hardest things about Baylor is that uh, they don't become very predictable on offense. Like when conference play starts, they have different players, you know, kind of taking over, you know, a different role. Like your your point guard is not always going to be the guy bringing the ball up. Your 
you're you're not always going to be running the the same play with the same guy in the same spot. Like most most teams do that, most coaches do that, but Baylor does a good job of mixing it up. And and so I do think yeah. you'll see as the season goes along, you know, Keontae George at you know running initiating the offense or LJ Cryer initiating the offense or Adam Flagler or Del Bonner. Yeah. Like they do a really good job of just mixing that up to not be too predictable from a scouting standpoint. And uh, you know, so I, I think you'll see a lot of that and you know that's gonna help all those guys. But Adam made a comment when I did a post game interview with him last night. He said that, you know, I think twenty five percent might be a blessing because this team can shoot so well that if you just like you know fall in love with that three and you play a better opponent and you have a cold night shooting then you can take a you know a pretty significant loss so i mean you know adam said we got to get in the paint and and if we get in the paint that creates opportunities for our teammates and we're, we have good shooters and you know yeah. I, i've noticed that that there's sometimes too much uh perimeter passing and then you're settling for a difficult shot at the end of the shot clock you know, if we can if we can get more of that attack mindset, learn how to attack zones better, we, we surprisingly, as good as we shoot it from three, we do have a lot of teams trying to zone us. Uh, so if we can, you know, you know, get a guy in the middle and attack the zone from the middle, you know, I think that's gonna come as as we start to enter conference play, we'll be better at that. But but you know, I think it's you know, the big key that, you know, Adam said is getting in the paint and, you know, we got strong guys. We we've got guys that are quick. Uh, you know, get them in the paint and you know create opportunities by kicking out or, you know, putting up a shot. And you know we do a pretty good job offensive rebounding. Not not great last yeah. night. Only thirty two percent of our misses, and we gave up thirty nine percent to Washington State. But overall, you know we're a great offensive rebounding team. And you know so if we can just get in the paint and get opportunities to go to the foul line, you know, get opportunities to uh, put it on the glass and, and give our rebounders a chance to go get it. You know, those are all good, good outcomes and, and, you know, certainly better than passing the ball around the perimeter being passive and then, you know, putting up a fadeaway three that's, that's got a low prob probability of going in. Yep. Um, so an, an, I want a, a thought on the game. How did you feel that, um, the game was officiated. Like I felt that I like Kimball um, as an official, yeah. but there's another, the other, the other guy, the, the bald headed guy. Bert Smith. Um, yeah. It, it, I felt like some of his stuff was very rough and I felt like, cause I try to watch, especially as close as I was, cause I was on the baseline near our bench. I felt like a lot of the conversation he had geared towards coach drew was very like, he almost, it was, coming off was kind of rude like scott was asking questions yeah and you know he's not as animated as that other coach was and yet i felt like he was turned around and he was like clapping his hands and like saying stop and you need to stop and blah 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 <laughs> i just i i felt i don't know I, I felt it was very interesting like almost like he was making some calls to make a point like they missed a blatant travel on a, a dive late the guy's feet drug all across the floor and there should have been some foul calls on that loose just, ball scramble. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. That was a problem, man. So, <laughs> so an interesting perspective I had, cause I sat next to Josh Davis, uh, who I've had on the podcast before he's a Baylor grad and, um, he is officiated, you know, for a lot of years and, and he officiated with these guys. Like he, like he knew all these guys from, 
you know, officiating high school games. And, and, you know, these guys kind of all cut their teeth on that before they moved in, into the college ranks. He doesn't do it anymore. But, um, but Josh was, uh, you know, he, he pretty much, he, he looks at things from an official's eye. Now he's a Baylor fan. He's rooting for Baylor to win, but he right. thought most of the calls they made were good calls. Um, okay. the, the one that he thought was a bad call was the flop on Flo Thamba. Like, I agree. Like you're, you're getting so many of those and, and you just let them all go. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you call that yeah. one. And I mean, it wasn't like basically, you know, Flo does a good job of that. Just standing his ground. The other player is yeah. trying to get to a spot and then, you know, flow falls down. It's okay. Maybe there's a little bit of acting there, but the guy did, you know, push, push off and, and, you know, and, and ran through flow and, and yep. yeah, you know, a 210 pound player is probably not gonna, you know, throw flow not to the ground, but, but right. still it's, it's, it's like, come on, let's have some consistency with that call. If you're, if you're going to allow them to just like totally, you know, take a dive every time flow makes contact and you call a foul on flow offensive fouls, then, you know, you got to be consistent yeah. there. Um, so he yeah. didn't like that call. And then, uh, there was one other one that I'll, I'll think of it maybe as we're talking, but, but yeah, yeah. I mean, th those five, those three refs are top 15 refs, according to Ken Palm. I'm, I'm not the hugest Ray Natilly fan, but, but I always think Kimball and Burt Smith do a pretty good job and, Okay. I, I didn't think officiating was a factor. I, I think it was just um, – No, no, no. I, I'm not saying it was a factor. I just – I felt like he let the Washington State coach get away with more mouthing. No no I'm, doubt. And, like the, Kyle and, Smith for Washington State was complaining. Like I've never – you know, it, it was – like that guy yeah. belonged in the old Big East. He was complaining so much. I mean, he was just like on him nonstop and yeah. and whining about a lot. No, no, No question right. about it. And while we're while we were bringing up flops, I felt that for as tough as his dad is, Rodman spent a lot of time on his back. <laughs> I mean, he was every time someone made contact with him, and I don't know. I was like, that is not your dad's game. Acting, acting was, is a part man, of the game these was, days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, for sure, for sure. No, but but I agree with you. Um, I thought, you know, who I, who I thought played – we overall, we played pretty good defense. I mean, we, we hold them to under one point per possession. That's really good. Wasn't uh, like .83? Uh, 0 0.97. But, okay. You know, and, I guess that might have been first half. Right. And they're really, really good three-point sh shooting team. And, and, you know, they were 10 for 29. So, you know, thirty under 35%. It's not not ideal, but it's, it's, it's respectable. You know, we let Justin yeah. Powell – and Jay Mullins get free for, for a couple clean looks. And then, you know, DJ Rodman's not typically a good shooter. He was two for three. So that was kind of the outlier there. But, um, you know, I, I would say overall defense was solid, but I thought, I thought Adam Flagler played terrific defense. I, he ends up with four steals and I was kind of keying on him and, and he was just so fundamentally sound all game. Uh, Keontae, <laughs> Keontae did, does some good things on defense. He got blown by a couple times, and and there was one play where he ends up making a block, um, but it's because he wasn't hustling back down court in transition, and got mm -hmm. you know was kind of loafing a little bit, and uh, then he ends up making a really athletic block at the rim, uh, which was good, but that was all caused by him not not getting back on in transition, uh, and then I just think he gambled in in some key spots and got out of position, which which led to a few of their open threes, so. 
Um, he's got yeah. a lot to clean up on the defensive end, but 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 I'm LJ. Yeah. I think LJ plays. Dale always plays great defense. Langston's solid. Um, yep. And and then you know Adam and and uh, LJ I think are, are are really good. And and you know LJ, um, you know just doesn't have that reputation for being a great defender. But I just, I do want to call out that I thought his defense was solid. I agree. I agree. Um, what do, what do you think about the last possession before half with Dale Dale? Yeah, Dale taking it in, in, in the last 15 seconds. I like Dale as a spot-up shooter. Yep. I don't want him trying to create and get space. Um, I would have liked to have seen maybe Adam or LJ or Key. Um, yeah. Not that I don't have confidence in Dale, but I, I'd rather have him taking a set shot than trying to create. Well, yeah. I, th- I think just from a volume standpoint, he doesn't get maybe the repetitions that these other guys get. So I can see your True. point there. I, I mean, he – not you know too long before that he made that really nice uh crossover move that got him like an elbow yeah. jumper that he hit um yep. you know so maybe that would have been a preference to get to the elbow uh yeah. and instead of the three but I, I had no problem with that i, I you know i, I like that yeah. i mean drew is a fervent believer and and i've had a conversation with him about this that you don't start your offense at the end of halves until like six or seven seconds. Cause you don't want to give mm-hmm. the other team an opportunity to score. Uh, yeah. you, you want to either in the, in the half on a, on a score or, you know, eliminate Man. another possession for the other team. So he's, he's, I don't think he's ever going to change that up, but, but I, you know, I do think yeah. that, um, our end of the half offense has not been a strong point, uh, you know, and and I and, and and as as all the games keep coming back to me, that was one of the better shots and at the end of the half that I've you know yeah. that I remember because um, we've had some yeah. some that are off yeah. balance and you know just like sling it up at the rim, but you know that was a good shot in rhythm and you know just didn't go down. Yeah, no, I I I can see that point. Yep, uh, Caleb. You know, I thought Caleb brought good energy, but you know he's a guy that continues to like, you know, play a little bit out of control at times. Um, only one turnover, and I think that was an offensive charge where he just got, you know, tried to bully his guy in the lane. A little spin move and drop the shoulder. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, I feel like he passed open some open looks. What about you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is passing up open I looks. I think he's a pretty good shooter. Yep. And not that I want him chucking, you know, five or six threes a game. But there was an open shot he had on the wing. I wouldn't have mind if he took it. Yep. Um, and then there were a couple, you know, baseline, um, maybe 15 footers that he could have taken. Right. And, you know, I, I would like him to, almost like I said earlier with Jalen, like keep the defense honest a little bit, you know, because you hit one and you got to at least make them think about it. Right. Yeah, but if you're passing it up all the time, you know, basically like, oh, we have to guard four instead of five because he's not going to shoot it. So, yeah. He had a couple big time offensive rebounds. Um, I agree. Yeah. Yes. I, I yeah I, I like him on the glass. Uh, you know, from that standpoint, you almost want and other guys very, shooting it because he's, he's so good on the glass. Physical. Yeah, he's so physical. Right. Um, you know, he's like a like a Mark Vital type yep. rebounder. I wouldn't put him on the same level, but like he like he's the guy that will piss the opponent off because he's like, I'm gonna be on your back. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna put an elbow into you right you know and i'm gonna make you know that i'm here it's not just gonna be a free rebound if i if he doesn't get it he's gonna make you know you know that he's there in the vicinity yep 
And and then the final you know note we could talk about is uh, Langston uh, fell down yeah. hard and looks like he may have injured his left wrist. Uh, I know there was some concern after the game about it, so hopefully it's just a sprain. I, I think you know he came back in the game and 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 yeah. played played solid. I mean you know wasn't definitely didn't hurt you. I mean you know but uh, yeah. he wasn't taking a lot of shots either. You know he was he was yeah. I think both of his shot attempts were at the rim. Uh, but yeah. uh, he's a key man. He, he's also another guy I failed to mention earlier. When you look at the upside, Keontae, Josh, and you know, I would throw Langston in there too, just because he just hasn't played a lot of college games and he's, he's very talented. Yeah. You know, those yeah. three guys can really determine, you know, where this team goes just with their improvement over the next couple months. Yeah. And he looks like a completely different guy without that brace on. I yep. mean, like he, he is more spring in his step. He can get up. Like that, that alley oop he threw down against what was it, Gonzaga? Yeah. Um, that was nice. And, you know, we haven't had many of those. And so those kind of pump up plays. Like if we get one of those at Ferrell Center, that place is going to explode. And right. I feel like we haven't had a ton of those. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I am look, you know, obviously I'm look, I look forward to every home game. Um, but how can you not root for Hansel Emanuel? coming yeah, in tomorrow yeah uh, that is such a cool story yep um you know got his first points and you know that they're not a bad team they're eight and three and you know their their last loss was the most puzzling i guess they gave up 110 to rice right um but you know other than that i mean they took a loss at texas tech to open the season and then they lost a close one to illinois state but other than that they won everything so they're not going to be a pushover um but I don't see us getting TCU'd tomorrow and, and losing to them at home. Um, uh, you know, I'd take a 10 or 12-point win versus that team tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I mean, what you know, all the predictive analytic sites are are saying it's going to be a little more lopsided. Uh, I think Ken Palm's got an 89-64 Baylor. Torvik, 91-67 Baylor. Evan uh, okay. Miyaka- Miyakawa has it 89-66. But – to your point, you know, Northwestern State is uh, coming off of a um, a game. They, I think, let's see, when did they play their last one? They lost to Rice on Saturday. Okay, so they, they have an extra day rest. Uh, lost to yeah. Rice on Saturday, coming off a blowout, uh, blowout loss, you know, so they're going to have a, a, you know, a little bit more edge to them. Uh, they've already right. got confidence because they went to TCU and, and won that game. Texas Tech did blow them out to start the season. Uh, but I, but I do think you know Baylor's got to be sharp and and these next two you know Nickel State's another one that you know took Tech mm-hmm. to the wire and then turned around and took Mississippi State to the wire too so uh, yeah. you know that Mississippi State team's what fifteen and zero yep yeah good team uh, yeah. so so yeah I think I think it you know these are going to be good tests for us uh, as we get tuned up for conference but they're also games yeah. you would hope you yeah. win by double digits you know yeah. And our, and our last test, Tarleton, you know, I think Northwestern State's pretty similar. They do a really good job of turning you over, and they do a really good job of, of uh, also um, not turning it over on their end of the ball, you know, ball. So they're, you know, they're a team that can give you some problems with their ball pressure. They, they play a lot of, like, you know, 6'4 to 6'6 guys. Uh, they, yeah. get, they get on the glass. They're, they're number 39 in the nation in – offensive rebounding percentage and and they shoot the three pretty well 36 percent from three so uh you know they're they're a team that's going to give you some some challenges in those areas but uh 
you know, they don't go to the free throw line much. They they don't they they do foul a lot and send other teams to the free throw line quite a bit. So, uh, you know, if Baylor's strong with the ball like they were against Charlton State, and and hopefully you also yeah. have Flagler and Cryer, uh, which you didn't have for that game, then hopefully the Bears take care of business. Yep. And then I got one more question for you. Yep. Before we go, what do you, what do you think about the uh, the polls that came out today? I haven't seen them. Uh, what was Baylor ranked? All right, so we are at twelve. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, we were at eleven. So yesterday. we dropped. We dropped one. Yeah, we dropped one. Who they move Gonzaga, ahead of us? Gonzaga bumped in front of us. Okay. They're at eleven. Yeah. Um, and I know they had a big win last week. Um, but I still think, you know, at this point early in the season, you would give us the head-to-head advantage, um, especially with it being a neutral site. Right. Um, but, you know, they they got the bump, but Purdue's at one, UConn two, Houston's back up to three, and then Kansas four, Texas seven, um, and then Arkansas, who's a future opponent, is at ten. So, yeah. um, I mean, we, we will definitely be battled tested obviously the big 12 we know how tough the big 12 is they've been the best conference in basketball right for years and you know the fact that we have virginia at six you know arkansas at 10 we played and beat 11 ucla at 13 we played and beat them so you know these guys like we haven't seen the best version of ourselves and we are we have a really good schedule um so I well, like. and, and the and the wins that uh, we do have, the Gonzaga win yeah. and the UCLA win, are gonna are gonna play big dividends for us. And and the losses so far have, are not bad losses. You know, you lose to Virginia. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you get blown out against Marquette, and the the margin yeah. of victory is disappointing. But losing isn't disappointing because uh, yeah. they're you know they're a good team that I think. Yeah, they 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 hopped into the top twenty five this week as well. Oh, interesting. And, yeah, they're twenty. They're twenty fourth. Yeah, and 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 they the way their schedule sets up, they've they've got uh, Providence away, they've got Seton Hall mm-hmm. at home, and then they got Villanova and St. John's away. Um, if they survive that schedule and and win the next four, and then you know, beat Georgetown, then they're yeah. they're slated for a really big game against Connecticut at home on on Wednesday, January eleventh, which I think is the same day we play at West Virginia. But um, yeah. You know, I mean, they they could really you know be be moving up the polls if they win this these next five and and you know set up uh, you know a game against potentially a number one UConn and and that could be a top ten matchup by the time that rolls around if if Marquette keeps winning. Agreed, and I think um, you know if we were to play these two our two losses again, I don't think you'd have the same result. So. Well, um, yeah, especially know, with Beekman hurt. Like, yeah, I mean, there was a yeah. big difference between the Virginia team that I saw Saturday against Houston and the one that played us. I mean, they, they were <laughs> a lot better against us, mainly because of their best player, Beekman, yeah. who's got a hamstring injury. Uh, you know, he was really good against us, yeah. ten, 10 assists, three turnovers. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, he, he really controlled the game, you know, with his passing and, and – they they just didn't look that good against um, uh, Houston with him with him hobbled. Yeah, but even if even if he is healthy and we played them again, I like I I just don't I don't think they shoot the ball that well again. Yeah. I mean they were coming off an emotional week, and they were giving us everything that they had, and we did not play well that game. Right. So, um, regardless, we're gonna learn from it and grow, and and I look forward to getting into conference. Um, 
and another little quick shout out. Super, super happy for for Coach Tang, man. He's doing really well. Up yeah. At, up at State. Yep, that's going to be a fun game when they come to town. Yep, Hopefully, uh, more fun for us. But I got, uh, some, I got some fun bullets in the chamber for that one. <laughs> Sounds good. See if I can see if I can turn around, get them to turn around and look at us again. Yeah, we, we do. We do need to have a uh, an off air conversation about you know sending out the feral in the right way and making sure we're on the top of our game from a, from a heckling oh, yeah. standpoint. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. And hopefully, uh, you know, Texas does the right thing. I mean, I hope they keep beard, but uh, you know, it just seems ridiculous that they would, uh, you know, there's been no real news about it since, since the arrest. But um, you know, I think if he, uh, if they fire him, you know, and Rodney Terry's the interim, you know, they've got talent. I mean, they still could be a dangerous team, yeah. but, you know, I, th- I think yeah. that's going to be a, a team in turmoil the rest of the season. They, they've kind of gotten past the first two, you know, win one for old coach yeah. type type mindset. But now, like the reality setting in of, you know, what what happens is, you know, if they fire Beard and they're certainly probably not going to hire Rodney Terry as a long term solution, I would think um, they might, you know, but that's probably low odds. They're probably looking for someone with a bigger pedigree. So all those yeah. coaches are going to be like, okay, future. Think about the future. You know, it's like, like they're going to be torn. It's going to be just like 2016 Baylor football when, you know, those coaches are like, you know, thinking about their future. What, where are they going to be next year? And, and it's going to be a distracted thing. I, I've seen it play out many times. So uh, I do think that Texas is, you know, the wheels are probably going to come off of that program until they find yeah. another coach. But uh well, and that may be a good thing if he's gone because, you know, sometimes when we get into the heat of the moment of, of being at a game and sometimes some stuff just comes out of my mouth and I'm not – it may not be good if he's on the bench. Let's just say that. <laughs> oh, they won't do that. I, there's no way that – like I, one of two scenarios is going to play out here. They're going to fire him and name Rodney Terry's interim coach and, yeah. you know, get through this season and then have a coaching search at the end of the season. Or he's going to have, you know, tearful – uh, you know, I've, I've, you know, need help. I'm going to, you know, rehab, uh, yeah. you know, I'm going to be a better man and they're going to try to keep them, but it's going to be after this year and they're going to bring him back next year. So it's, it's going to be one of those two scenarios. There's no way that they put him back on the pitch this year. That would be audacious. Um, you know, yeah. I, I can't see that scenario. Well, see, I, I, I'm of a different opinion just cause they're UT. I mean, like <laughs> when we were going through our stuff, they kept our name in the news and yeah. like it's it's amazing how little that this has been talked about hey for the entertainment value yeah. i'm here for it i i, I think yeah for sure you know that obviously you know you you want to be very sensitive about yeah what you say oh, about absolutely. domestic violence situations but yeah. but just for the entertainment value watching him go on the road and how he's just going to get totally barbecued by every fan base on the road. Um, there's already yeah. animosity towards UT anyway, just because they're leaving the Big 12. But right. Yeah, and because of who they are. But but yeah, that that that'll yeah. it'll be taken up a notch. And I just can't see that circus uh being a healthy thing for every all the stakeholders in UT athletics. I I, I just you know stranger yeah. things have happened, but I I, I just yeah, I, I can't right. envision it. All right. You're well right. well hey thank you man. I appreciate you uh get, jumping on here. You've been listening to a Sikkim 365 post-game podcast with Ashley Hodge, Chris Fuentes, Sikkim Bears. Sikkim.